a lot of entrepreneurs are overwhelmed, they're frustrated, they're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. People don't leave companies because of lack of money. They leave because of poor leadership, lack of relationships with their leaders. There is not a single thing that you have purchased on the internet that didn't have a photo. And my guess is you did not purchase a product that had a horrible photo. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. You've just heard some snippets from our show. It was a fantastic show. Stay tuned for the whole thing. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. I'm Richard Gerhardt, an intellectual property lawyer specializing in patents, trademarks, and copyrights. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt, not a lawyer, but I work at Richard's law firm, Gerhardt Law, doing the marketing, and I have my own startup. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everybody, the show that's all about entrepreneurism, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. Tonight, super, super guest coming up. I just feel it in my bones. He's going to be fantastic. Pete Moore, he's an entrepreneurial coach and a mastermind facilitator. He knows it all about entrepreneurial stuff. So stay tuned for him. And we also have Taryn Abrahams from Empower Behavioral Services. Lots of interesting content from her too. And after that, we have Liz Georgie with something that's after my own heart because of what my startup is. It's a virtual video photo shoot platform. I got to hear all about this, Liz. I, I understand that you just went crazy during COVID because everybody was using this. So very popular product. Instant video. What, can, <laughs> what could be better? So before we get to our distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. And Elizabeth is going to do something a little different this week. She's going to tell a joke. Right. So there's this song that I've been hearing a lot and it's by Jefferson Starship, which rebranded Starship. It's from 1986. One of the lines is, let them say we're crazy. What do they know? And my response was... Well, they must know a lot more about us than we think they do. <laughs> Probably more than you think. <laughs> she so then, taught me that punchline, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do it. Right. Probably more than, they, than you think. But then I looked it up and it's from this movie. The name about of the movie this, is Mannequin. Mannequin. Right. About this guy that creates this mannequin and then she gets. He works the, in a store. The mannequin gets possessed by the spirit of this ancient Egyptian woman and they fall in love. And all this. It's just. But the thing about it that I wanted to bring up was that it was panned by the critics. Like they gave it half a star. Like they were like, this is the worst movie you know what? It did great at the box office. Yeah, they were dancing. <laughs> the guy was dancing around with this mannequin. And they, was, that's where the line, they think we're crazy, but what yeah, do they know comes but, from? But, and but, but it was panned by the critics, but it did great at the box office. So for all the entrepreneurs listening out there, Maybe people think you're crazy, but really, what do they know? Maybe not as much as they think. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was a great movie, by the way. I loved that movie. I, I was really young when it came out, but I watched it a whole lot. And it was, it was really funny. And you, do you have a fondness for mannequins now, Kenya? I mean... Well, it was just it was interesting. And they had one character in there. His name was Hollywood. Do you remember Hollywood? The guy with the, the black guy with the glasses? He yeah. He in the store with the guy. He was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Well, he went on to be on Designing Women. If you oh, he did. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And he was hilarious Funny. there, too. But it just goes to show you can be panned by the critics and still make a lot of money. Which so. is just kind of our, our situation here, right? <laughs> you know, so. On now, to IP in the news, The really please. serious stuff. So we have a patent to talk about today. Tell us about the patent, Elizabeth. Yes. So I thought this was very interesting. It's by Moira Fagoni and Frank Fagoni from California. It issued in 1989. So it's been around for a while. It's off patent now. So you, but can, you can use this without fear of infringement. It's a device that allows you to scream into it out of frustration or whatever. And it has electronics that light up to show you how loud you're screaming. So I am really surprised that these did not catch on and be everywhere in the corporate workplace. <laughs> it muffles your screen too. <laughs> and parents and kids. But if you look at the description of the invention, it's really just a piece of foam in the shape of a beer cozy that has kind of cut out so that you could put it around your mouth and it forms a tight seal. So last night, Elizabeth and I went to Walmart trying to find a beer cozy. And believe it or not, we couldn't find a beer cozy at Walmart. So I said, what the heck, maybe we can do something else. So what I did was I got a cup and I found a sock. And so I'm going to now for the first time 
experiment with a makeshift color meter here on the show and we'll see if it actually works, okay? So three, two, one. Did that have any kind of... <laughs> it didn't so... sound like a million bucks to me. I mean, I don't know. I, know. I don't know about this IP. Yeah, well, I, I think the the real test is you have to scream without it first. Yeah. And then right. scream. Get the comparative. Them. Well, listeners are going to have to imagine that on their own. Yeah. So one last thing. I want to read a little bit of the description in the patent. Many of us become so frustrated by some tasks that we are undertaking that we would like to scream. We generally suppress the desire because it would look foolish. And also disturb Woo! others. So, uh, so you don't look do foolish. I look, do with I look that. foolish? Anyway. So anyway, so on to comments from our guests. All right. So guests, what do you think about all this? So who are you going to start with? Let's start with Pete. Okay. Well, I, I kind of already chimed in there, but uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting. I mean, entrepreneurs are idea people as a general rule, right? It's like, how many of these ideas do we have rolling around in our heads every day? And what are we going to do with them? And a lot of times people, even sometimes things that we deem as silly, there may be something out there to it. I have a little framework called the IPA. You can ideate about stuff. You can postulate about stuff. But until you activate about stuff, it really just doesn't happen. So this entrepreneur puts stuff into activation and that I love. Karen? You know, it's funny when I was watching you do the demo, I was thinking about the journey that an entrepreneur goes through. You know, oftentimes if you Google it, actually the journey of an entrepreneur or the journey of success, we always think it looks like a straight line, but it's actually like a messy line that trends upwards, right? And there's hard days. When you work on big things, big things take time. And we only learn when we step out of our comfort zone, which can be very uncomfortable. And there are times where you just need to like scream. So, <laughs> so I, I love that. This couple, they were probably entrepreneurs and had a yeah. few days when they wanted to scream. They, they were probably screaming at each other. That's why one of them invented it. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of value to getting it out. How many of us stuff our feelings inside. So what better example to just let it out? Georgie, what do you have? Liz. Liz Georgie, what do you have to say? It's all right. We can go back to eighth grade gym class if you want. That's no problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, the Pet Rock did two great things for America. One, it inspired a generation of people to make their dumb idea come to life. And two, it proved uh, just how how willing the American populace is to part with their dollars if your idea is just marketed ideally for them. And so I think this product really probably fell asleep because of poor marketing. And it's really too bad because who knows, they could have been Pet Rock 2.0. A very astute observation. Very, very well yes. said, Liz. I agree with what you're saying completely. I mean, it's true. A lot of startups are not funded well enough on the marketing piece to really get out there. Kenya? I, I agree with Liz. I would say in the world of entrepreneurship, there's no such thing as a bad idea right? Because it works either way, either it goes out there and it's really awesome and it's great, or it makes you reassess the situation and the product and what you can do to make it better. So it, it works either way in the world of entrepreneurship. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more Passage to Profit coming up next. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We have with us here tonight, Pete Moore, entrepreneur coach extraordinaire. Pete, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to having our conversation. I think one of the things that we know you love to talk about is frustration in mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur. I just think our last segment just ties yeah. in perfectly with uh, your expertise in that area. So 
Tell us a little bit about that and how entrepreneurs get frustrated and what they can do to avoid even more frustration. Yeah, well, thanks, Richard. You know, um, in my business with simplifying entrepreneurship, I coach leaders through this kind of stuff every day. And, you know, whether you're starting up or whether you've been in business for a while, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are overwhelmed. They're frustrated. You know, they're just tired of doing stuff. They're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, don't know how to kind of climb out. And if that's you, then hopefully this conversation that we'll have a little bit today will resonate a bit because there are things you can do. I mean, anybody who's starting up, yes, you have to put in your time. Those first sort of one to three years are incredibly absorbing of your life, essentially. But you have to keep in mind, the reason you got into business is to have a better life. So if you're feeling as though your business is owning you instead of you own your business, then you've got some work to do. And hopefully, We'll roll through a couple of things that will give you some ideas around some of the stuff that you can start thinking about. Because when you're working on your business, it's different than working in your business. And that's when you're working in the business, you're you're the manager, you're the person, it's your job. When you're working on the business, you're always looking for the next best thing. You're looking at how to clean stuff up within your business. You're looking and you're able to enjoy some of the freedoms that being a business owner can give you. Okay. Yeah, that's- I'm going to ask you a question about that. I would love to work on my business, but then mm-hmm. who works in my business? How do I afford to pay those people? <laughs> like, where do I get the money to hire the right team? And how do I hire the right team? Because I'm telling you, bad hiring mistakes can kill a business, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have this framework and I call it the five P's and it starts with your promise. Then it goes to your product, your process, your people, so that you can earn the right profit. And you know, how do I get the right profit? Well, you get the right profit and you can afford to do the rest of the stuff when you start aligning some of that stuff. And what I see in a lot of the businesses that I help is that there isn't proper alignment back to the promise. And in fact, a lot of business owners haven't even nailed their promise. And that's a really kind of sad thing, to be honest. You know, some people have done really well, but they still haven't nailed their promise. What is your promise to your clients? Because only then as the leader of our organizations, our job is to communicate that promise every single day. Every single day, we're communicating it outward, we're communicating it inward, we're communicating it in our emails, in our literature, in our social. It's like where you have to communicate that promise because the idea behind that is that We want to either attract or repel, and it's okay to repel. Your promise shouldn't be for everyone. So you want to repel the people that aren't for you, and you want to attract the people that are. So when you start with that, how do do I develop my promise? Well, really, you start it by understanding what problem you solve, what is your unique solution that overcomes that differently than anyone else? Is it cheaper? Is it faster? Is it quicker? Is it painless? All of these different things. What's your unique solution? So that, and this is the important part that a lot of people forget too, so that the person with the problem can live a better life. Because your solution has to transform them from where they were to where they want to be. Because that's how you get the cash, Elizabeth. You were asking, how do I afford to pay? Well, yeah, (laughs) afford to pay by actually delivering your promise. And when you do that, you take them from the problem, your unique solution, different than somebody else, to a better world. That's what everybody buys. Everybody always buys a promise to a better world and a better life. That's really awesome. And I I really appreciate that. So do you think companies can have more than one promise or should they just really have one? No, you can have more than one promise. I have several different businesses too. So, I mean, I have promises for each one of them and even promises within the business for different categories of my business. By the way, entrepreneurs, you guys should have a promise to yourself too, right? Not only for your business, but to yourself. And that's that idea of what do you want out of your life? What do you want your business to drive back to you? So there's lots of different ways of looking at this structure. And yes, you can have multiple promises, but the problem is if you don't align all of the things to that promise, that's where the cost comes in. That's where you lose people. That's where you don't get the ideal client. All of these things tie back and have to fully align back to that promise. And then once you've got that one honed down, then if you have a different one, then you move to the next one. But the first one has to be right first. So how does that 
align with your vision? I mean, would you say the promise is the vision? Vision, mission, promise, uh, a lot of it wraps around and everybody kind of has different language around that. And I think when I look at the promise, if you want to use the promise categorically, you can look at your vision and then you can take your promises down, like you were saying, Richard, into different areas of your business that are delivering your vision. But I think having this sort of idea that it all needs to work together is Mm -hmm. often what's missing. And it's like, why do we have a promise that's doing this when our vision is here? It's like, this doesn't align. Like, why do we get into the second P, which is product? Why are we, or or service, if for those of you in the service business, but service starts with S and uh, it's the five P's. So we're using the word product, you know, um, (laughs) from that side of things, you know, does your service, does your product align with your promise? And if it doesn't, then everybody's confused. And when you confuse, you lose. Your staff's confused, your team's confused, your outsourced suppliers are confused, your clients are confused. The promise isn't being met. It doesn't make sense. Well, I wish I had met you before we started Gearheart Law. Can you give a couple short examples of promises? What are a few examples of that? Yeah. So one, we own some shoe stores and one of like, you can frame promises in different language too. Like you can have a promise that's a paragraph long, depends on how long you have to talk about it. Right. So in four words, what's my promise for our shoe stores? We want to help you look great and feel fantastic. And if I want to take it down to nine letters, I want to give you Ooh, ah, and aha. So giving them the feelings of the promise. So when you look in the mirror, you're going, Ooh, I look, (laughs) if I can give you that feeling. And if you, if you stand there, you close your eyes and you're like, ah, those feel great. If I can give you that feeling. And if I can give you the feeling of, aha, I finally found a shoe that looks great and makes me feel fantastic. Wow. Shootopia is my favorite shoe store. That's pretty powerful. But you have to have the language wrapped around your promise that explains it in those ways Mm -hmm. so that everybody knows what to expect. So that when I'm bringing somebody in and I've just given you a 30 second sort of, if you're going to come to work at Shootopia, this is what we deliver. If you're, you know, my marketing, this is the marketing. This is what we deliver. And if you come to the store, if we deliver that job and they walk out of the door after they have their shoe in hand and they look back at the logo and they say, geez, I'm coming back here again, then we've done our job in delivering the promise because we've aligned the product. We had the right process, which is that third P, right? To deliver it. And we had the right people, which is the ideal client, the right supplier network to deliver it and the right team members. So ultimately that's produced a good experience, which is going to deliver back more profit. I think one thing that you do very powerfully well, and this is something that Kenya is a genius at too is using words in a way that makes people want what you have. And Kenya has designed logos for us. She's come up with taglines. Like that is hard to find. That is a powerful piece of marketing. So Kenya, I'm sure you have something to say. Thank you, Elizabeth, for saying that. I appreciate it. Going back to what Pete was saying earlier, what are some of the most common pitfalls that you see entrepreneurs fall into? Well, you know, the show is only an hour long. Uh, (laughs) you know, really it revolves around not releasing accountability. When I work with my clients, it's like, okay, show me your accountability chart. And for those of you who don't know what accountability chart, it's it's an organizational chart. But what it really does is it aligns the idea around who's accountable for what areas. And a lot of in particular, small business owners and people that are in the startup mode tend to want to be involved in every single little thing. And in fact, that's not the way to grow. You need to set up the right processes and have those all in place so that you can then hand off accountability to somebody else. And as one of uh, my favorite authors, Gino Wickman writes, elevate and delegate. So you're elevating your team because they want more accountability too. They believe in your promise. Let's hope you've got that set up and they understand what you're trying to do. So they want to be accountable for their piece as well. And what that does is it allows the decision-making to happen at the lowest possible level of the organization so that the better life is 
the entrepreneurs really only involved in things that aren't process oriented, which is where they should be involved in. It's like, okay, well, this is unique and different. I need to get involved here. I shouldn't be involved in the stuff that's everyday decisions. Pete, I really love your approach. I'm so glad that you've joined us for the show. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back after this with more Passage to Profit. Special guest this evening, Pete Moore. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, Pete Moore, and now we are on to our next guest, Taryn Abrahams with Empower Behavioral Services. I know Taryn, we talked a couple of times and I am just so impressed with what she's doing. So please tell us. Welcome, Taryn. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to be here. So I am the proud founder and president of my company, Empower Behavioral Services. Uh, Leveraging my experience as a psychotherapist, I work with companies to help address interpersonal barriers within their business and I create the content designed to create the social change. So I help leaders become better, impactful leaders. I help people communicate better. I help create inclusive work environments. I create cultures. I help companies create cultures where it becomes sticky and people want to stay and be loyal and retain the wonderful talent that they have. And I love the work that I do. And as I mentioned, I provide coaching, consulting, and training services designed to create positive human behavioral change. So how do you make all that happen? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Well, a big piece of what I do is really about emotional intelligence, helping people to understand themselves. When they understand themselves better, they are able to navigate the world better. Leadership really is probably the biggest focus of my work. Leaders set the tone for the culture. They set the tone for how people treat each other, how people communicate. There's tremendous power behind leadership. So my approach is really about helping people to understand themselves in a different light, gain that self-awareness, improve their ability to connect with people. And quite frankly, what is business? Business is a relationship. People work with people they like, people they trust. And when we can develop those bonds and those connections, that's truly where the magic happens. And so it's really about self-awareness. It's about self-leadership, which I always say people, oftentimes they'll call me and say, oh, can you, you know, help me be a better leader? Help me to have a better impact on other people. But a lot of the work that I do with them is really to develop a better sense of self-leadership. And that to me, that's the most important leadership, which starts with motivation to be able to take an honest look at yourself. Not easy to do but important when you're in a position of power. Let's go back to the motivation piece. I thought Pete had a great system for motivation. You're coming from a slightly different place. You're coming maybe from more of a psychology kind of place, right? So what do you do with people who've lost their motivation? How do you help them? I have a lot to say about this. I think we are stuck in a culture, a society that we feel like we always have to be on, always have to be doing something. And it's the quiet moments where we allow ourselves to think and to innovate and to solve problems. So when people ask me all the time, Taryn, how do I get unstuck? My answer is, well, maybe you're meant to be in that place. Maybe you're actually not stuck. Maybe you just need that pause to be able to heal, to rest, to think, to innovate, to get creative. We need that downtime to be able to sustain what we're doing long-term. I always say life is about mindset. It's all in how we perceive things. We can look at it as I have lost momentum and I feel stuck, or we can look at it as this is an opportunity to maybe take some care of myself, to take better care of myself, 
Maybe I need to disconnect a little bit from my work to take care of me, especially when we are in the line of work of helping other people, we need to take care of ourselves too. And losing momentum is maybe just an opportunity for a pause. I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's really hard to take care of yourself sometimes. I mean, I had triple vaccinated, still got a light case of COVID, but it was a light case. So instead of resting, I worked all through, (laughs) which probably my body wanted the downtime, but I worked through it anyway. Is it that we can't take the break or we are afraid to take the break? I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we are afraid to drop the balls that are in the air. We've put all this energy, all this momentum, all this time and investment And we're afraid to let it go. But I think it goes back to having faith, trust in the process that we are meant to be here. We're meant to serve and do the work that we're doing. But that doesn't mean that we can't unplug and take care of us. And again, I think that's an important recipe for success if we're going to help take care of other people and build other people up. We have to model what we're teaching, too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the work that I do is about teaching leaders how to establish healthier boundaries and that it's detrimental to our mental health to be emailing at two in the morning and, you know, to learn to trust the process and, and to take a, a breath. I have to model that. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I preach. That's what I teach. And I have to live that as well. In my heart, I believe that that is the recipe for long term success. If we Absolutely. expect ourselves to always be on that, to me, is the definition of burnout. And that's what we're seeing a lot as the result of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. I always say burnout does not come from the work. It comes from the inability to disconnect from the work. Yeah. And I see that Pete has a comment or a question here. Pete. Pete. I absolutely do. I mean, I love this stuff, Taryn. I've created another framework around entrepreneurial life. And the first part to me is health. And that's Mm -hmm. both mental health and physical health. And, you know, I love this quote and it's the person that has their health has a thousand dreams and the person that does not has, but one, Mm. right. And I've personally lived this with family members. We're literally sitting on the side of of the bed with my mom and she's been sick for a long time. She said, all I want to do is feel better again. And if you don't feel well mentally and physically, how can you lead a business that's doing well? You can't. You absolutely need to prioritize. You need to give yourself the time to feel well and to be well, because you can't lead well without that. I agree. And I'm sure coach Kenya has comments on this. I do. I'm, I'm all about being healthy in your body, your mind and your business. So I'm glad that you brought those points up. I wanted to go back to emotional intelligence because that's one of my favorite things to talk about for one second. I almost feel like it's more important than having a high IQ. I always say, you know, there's IQ, which is where something we're born with. It's a fixed number. Some people argue you can play brain games, get smarter. I'm not so convinced on that. You, you are who you are. But emotional intelligence is something with training and coaching can be harnessed and improved and practiced. So I, I start with assessments. You know, I always say knowledge is power. I do start with a personal assessment. That paints a good picture not just for me, but for my client to kind of get a sense of where they fall. It does start with motivation. If the person has no motivation to do better, there's not much I can do with them. Mm -hmm. And I will be the first one to say to them, this is not a coachable person, right? And I don't think this relationship is going to work out. Very similar to when I was a psychotherapist years ago, people would come into my office and they would spend their money complaining and not really doing anything different, not really trying to implement anything new. And I was the first one to say, you're wasting your time and you're not ready. You have to be motivated. That is a big piece to improving emotional intelligence. And then it kind of goes into really kind of identifying how they experience people, self-awareness of themselves. That's the first piece. But then how do they experience people? How do they internalize social interactions? How do they make sense of other people's behaviors. And it starts with building that empathy and building that deeper sense of awareness in terms of how they affect others. Some are easy to work with than others. I'm not going to lie. Like I said, it, it is a journey that requires a tremendous amount of internal motivation and a dedication to making it better. I've worked with leaders that have completely changed the way they lead because of their deepened sense of emotional intelligence. I've seen leaders retire early because they just can't do it. It starts with assessments, building knowledge, insights, trial and error, trying things, trying to show up differently to other people, 
listening deeper, active listening, rather than just regular listening while texting, trying to be present. There's a lot of moving pieces to that. But I truly believe that having higher emotional intelligence is more important than IQ. In fact, I've actually seen people that have extremely high IQ tend to have lower emotional intelligence and they are harder to connect with. People don't leave companies because of lack of money. They leave because of poor leadership, lack of relationships with their leaders, inability to connect with their leaders, lack of sense of belonging. Those are all the reasons why people are leaving. So when we talk about this great resignation and all these people moving around, they're not leaving good leaders. They're leaving companies where they just don't feel connected or valued. And so I really believe emotional intelligence is a really important recipe to good business. I always say when you can show care for the entire employee, not just the output, but them as a person, you will build loyalty with them. That resonates with people, especially the younger generations, which are upcoming leaders. One last question from Liz. I would also remind all of us that the largest companies in this country right now are, are companies that were founded by and led by people who I don't think are the picture of emotional intelligence. And we have, as a result, I think, swung in a direction of really thinking about and asking ourselves, what does it mean to be a leader in the next generation of businesses? What does it mean to build a business that is a, you know, potentially billion dollar or more size company with emotional intelligence at the core of leadership? And this hasn't been done before. There have not been success stories of billion dollar outcomes or multi-billion dollar outcomes, or in the case of Amazon and Apple and and Microsoft, trillion dollar outcomes with emotional leadership at its core. And so I think what's really important to, to always remember is that if we cannot see it, it's difficult to believe it. And Uh what we all need to be really considering is what is going to be that next massive organization that has put some of these ideas and some of these thoughts at the very core or genesis of what they're building as an organization. And not only that, but empower both the top leaders, but also the middle managers and the people in between to practice with conscientiousness, some amount of emotional integrity with what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people want to be trusted. I mean, I think, honestly, I think that this pandemic, you know, we could say a lot of things about how it's been disruptive, but I always say through disruption comes innovation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good that's going to come out of this pandemic. It's already happening. It's reshaped. Mm -hmm. It's single-handedly reshaped the way we get work done right? And the way work looks, plenty of companies have gone now hybrid or fully remote. So it does call on leaders to be able to learn how to trust their employees, to give people autonomy and to give them the opportunity to succeed without micromanaging. Tara Abrahams, where can people find you? Yes, you can find me on my website, uh, www.empowerbehavioralservices.com. There is a contact me form. You can just fill out the form comes right to my email and I'd love to connect with you. So more Passage to Profit coming up after this. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, eVine Live and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Kenya coming up, and she's <laughs> going to be talking about power moves. So what's our power move tonight, Kenya? We're going to talk about hip-hop extraordinaire turned entrepreneur Master P and his new business venture, Money Yachty. And Money Yachty is a very interesting name for this new luxury Italian fashion line that he's actually just started. And now it brings his business ventures to a total of nine. So he's got food brands, he's got real estate, and now he's into 
luxury goods, bringing his net worth to over $300 million. So I wanted to give him power move for today because I mean, why not add to the portfolio? It just amazes me. As I said before, all these celebrities, like they have a bazillion dollars already from being a celebrity become entrepreneurs. It's like, they just can't quit creating. <laughs> like, it- Yeah, no, I actually, and I actually think he's making more money doing more entrepreneurial things than he was rapping. I mean, you right. make good wow. money, but it's it's all about taking that opportunity and flipping it into something that's going to really make you a lot of money. And he's just been very good about that and pouring back into the community and teaching other people how to do it. Well, the power of I, leverage, right? Yeah. Power yeah I was just going to say, really and you is. never know, you never know where your business is going to take you to, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Fireside, Elizabeth, what's new there? So for those of you who haven't heard this podcast before, Fireside is a video directory of small businesses online. And I'm working on the website now. I had a website. Taryn is on my directory. I had a website, but it was just proof of concept website. So it was like a square peg and a round hole. It's not what I want it to look like. So I'm trying to get a website that I want to have work. And my this person I've been talking to says with these new website tools like Elementor to build websites, it's much easier so, and it's cheaper. So that's really great. That's exciting. I'm not going to have to spend millions on a website. You know, I talked to one of my friends yesterday who's been sending me people. And you know, it's always inspiring to talk to people like him because he's like, I want you to meet this person. I want to send you these people. And the word of mouth on it is really great. So it's still going. It's a little slow. I kind of lost momentum as we were talking about. The holidays were hectic and then I got kind of sick. And then now I feel pretty good again and the holidays are over. (laughs) So I think my momentum's coming back, right? You just got to pick yourself up and start going again. I think that's just it. Like it's like when you're car stalls at a red light. You just got to get it going again when the light Mm -hmm. turns green. And that's what I'm doing now. So Liz Georgie, I love this from the write-up that our assistant found about her. Upon starting the company, Liz was immediately faced with the pandemic. Instead of recoiling, she leaned into the chaos and Suna exploded. So Suna is a video making site. So tell us all about it, Liz. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Suna is a virtual photo shoot and video shoot platform. So we make it possible for brands to plan an entire photo shoot online or a video shoot online for their products, ship us their product. And once it arrives in our facilities, actually join their photo shoot virtually. So just like all of us are sitting here in this room together on Zoom, as opposed to seeing each other, you'd see your product being photographed and being video shot in real time. The thing our customers love best is that we actually allow you to purchase your assets entirely a la carte. So you pay $39 per photo, $93 per video clip, and we deliver your assets in 24 hours. We believe Suna is the fastest and the most affordable way to create professional content to sell and market your products online. That sounds great. And in our social media driven world, getting it on the spot or virtually on the spot is key. Urgency is so key. When you think about the things that we're all trying to solve for in our businesses, we're all trying to go faster. We're all all trying to spend less money and we're all trying to test and iterate as quickly as possible. And what we really sought to do as soon as solve for all those problems and also make it a ton of fun. We love that when you look at our Google reviews or when you check out what folks say about our Shopify app on the Shopify app store, they tell you that the experience is one of the most fun parts of their day. And that to me is also a massive opportunity. Anytime we are working on our businesses, it should not feel like the doldrums. Uh, It should feel like something that is joyful that is opportunistic and is part of the hope that keeps our businesses going. What kind of businesses do you have? What kind of products do you have that you're working with? Well, we have more than 10,000 e-commerce stores that are currently on the Suda platform. There is everything from cosmetics brands that you know and love to pet food brands that you know and love, uh, as well as things like furniture and clothing and footwear. Any product that you might purchase online can be shot at Suna. And I would just remind everybody listening that there is not a single thing that you have purchased on the internet that didn't have a photo. And my guess is you did not purchase a product that had a horrible photo. And so those photos really are the most important thing to making a positive photographic first impression with your customers. And that's really why we shoot anything and everything you're able to send us in the mail. Kenya. So a vendor would go to your platform, they would sign up for services, and then like they book a photo shoot with you. Like how does it interface with the user? It's very easy. So you go to Suna.co and you tell us what you'd like to create. So you can either choose to have a photo shoot or a video shoot. We actually surface for you common examples of types of content that brands create. So you might see e-commerce photos if you choose the photo side, or you might see TikTok video if you choose the video side. 
And then once you choose what you, whether you need a photo or a video, you can start building your photo shoot. So you can choose everything from what kind of background you'd like to have. Maybe you'd like to have a blue background to what kind of props you'd like to be included. Perhaps you'd like to have a beautiful Monsera plant in your photo shoot. We even allow you to book models on the platform. So we have over 500 models in our model marketplace, full body models, hand models, dog models, cat models. And let's say you have a pet company and so you wanna book a wonderful dog model from our platform. You can book a dog model for $299. And once you've added all those different things to your photo shoot, it creates an order and a shipping label. You print that shipping label and then you ship us your product. And when your product arrives in our fulfillment facility, we make the magic happen by bringing together all of those different different inputs you provided us about exactly what you wanted your assets to look like and actually creative for you so that you can see exactly what that photo shoot is going to be. And the best part is you don't have to get on a plane and go to your photographer or spend all day hanging out outside with a photographer. You can do it from your couch, your desk, your phone, wherever you are, and you can invite your friends and your business partners to collaborate with you. So you can have people all over the world collaborating on a single photo shoot from where exactly where they are. You'll see that beautiful blue background and Montserrat leaf uh, in real time. And then let's just say you decide, actually, I don't like blue at all. I think I want purple. The crew will go ahead and change that backdrop color for you right there in real time. You can see what purple looks like with Montserrat leaf and a dog model instead. And what's so amazing about that is that for our customers, they get to keep trying new and interesting things. So once your product's in our fulfillment facility, you can book more photo shoots right there anytime. How much cost savings do you think this adds up for an entrepreneur? I mean, it costs a fortune to do a production you know, full shoot. So how much money do you think you're saving entrepreneurs going this route? Yeah, the professional quality production environment, equipment, styling materials and things that we provide to the average customer is the equivalent of what would be a ten to $20,000 photo shoot traditionally. The average order for one of our customers today is a thousand bucks. Amazing. Lot, you know? Yeah. And think of the time saved. Oh, awesome. the time. I mean, everything's about efficiency now. And what, what in a great efficient way to market your product. How did you come up with this? What was your inspiration? I had a career in television production for almost a decade and, uh, you know, was lucky enough to start my own production company in 2013. I used to do full service production for commercial ads. And so my clients were brands like US Bank and Facebook and Microsoft. We were working with the biggest brands in the world and making very expensive ads. And one day my director of animation and I were looking at each other and we said, boy, we sure love making these ads for Facebook for a lot of money, but wouldn't it be more fun to actually solve this for all of our friends who are starting Shopify stores or the small businesses that reach out to us that say that they can't afford a $20,000 photo shoot. And so Haley Anderson is my co-founder in this endeavor. She was a professional animator for more than a decade. And she and I decided to sell my first business and uh, use the proceeds to invent the technology that runs the Suna virtual photo shoot platform. And so it took us about 18 months to do this. We thought we were crazy for all 18 of those months, but you know, you're crazy until you've got it right. And so we're really fortunate to launch our beta in August of 2019, as I mentioned. That's my dog, Hazel, who's very upset that I'm not playing with her right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, it's been really a fantastic journey for us because, you know, uh, together, since launching the pandemic, we've scaled to, like I said, over 10,000 merchants on the platform. Uh, our company is currently locations in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Denver, Colorado, Austin, Texas, and we are now adding Seattle, Washington, and Los Angeles, California. And, uh, you know, 150 people on the team today, we just announced a $35 million investment from Bing Capital Ventures, which Yay. brings our total investment dollars to a little over 50 million. And you know, we're two creative weirdos that are just really passionate about photography and videography. We are not sort of the traditional entrepreneur in any sense of the word, but we're really proud of that. And I think the message that it sends is that anyone with a really great idea and a great deal of tenacity, and you don't have to have an MBA to go build something incredible. And so uh, it's really been our dream come true to be able to build this company together. That's excellent. I had a question for you, Liz. So oftentimes people will come to Gearheart Law and get a patent or a trademark, and then they'll say, mm -hmm. Now, what do we do? Mm. And so we actually introduce them to people that help them get their product made or help them develop their service or maybe help them figure out what marketing. If people come to you and they get this beautiful photo shoot, do they say, now, what do I do with it? Or do you have people that can help them? Or do they already know they're going to put it on Instagram and Facebook? Sometimes, well, I would say it really depends on the maturity of where a customer is, right? So a lot of times what we're trying to do as part of 
our platform is ask you the questions about your business and what goals you're trying to solve for to be able to deliver photo shoot recommendations, right? So okay. say, for example, you want to launch an Amazon, we're going to give you a recommendation that you use our Amazon photo shoot package as a way to get mm. started. But if you want to refresh your Instagram, then we're also going to make that recommendation as well. And so we really think of this as an iterative process. A lot of what has made photography and, and videography so inaccessible to brands and why they've had all these questions is because of the expense. And really at Suno, what we see is that because we've made it more affordable, folks can test and iterate. They can test to see if Facebook is a good channel for them. They can test to see if YouTube is a good channel for them because they can now afford to try that test and learn about their business. And so we certainly do make some recommendations, but what I always encourage business owners to really think about is it is truly the most important thing you can do is tell your story and get your product out to as many people as possible. And I truly believe that a quality asset is the first and most important way to make a positive first impression on your customers. And so wherever they're going to meet you, whether that's on Instagram or Amazon, or maybe, you know, somewhere completely unexpected, like on product hunt or a place uh, that they maybe never imagined like TikTok. All of those places mm -hmm. require content. There's not a single platform in the world where we tell the story of our product without a visual asset. And so be really thoughtful about testing and iterating because Suna gives you the power to afford it. You mentioned that you had seven trademarks and you also said that you don't have any other IP, but you did that for strategic reasons. Maybe you'd like to discuss that piece a little bit. Yeah, sure. So we've really pursued a lot of the trademarks around our name, right? Our tagline, things like that. And, and that's been very important for us as a business. But when it came down to the question of, are we going to patent the technology that sits behind Suna, really the novel methodology and the uh, specific adaptations that we've made in our photography and videography environments to make our virtual photo shoot possible, we came to the conclusion that actually publishing how we were solving this problem was a risk to us as a business, mm -hmm. and that we didn't want to publish what we were doing that was making it possible to allow this to happen. And it's turned out that that's actually been a really smart move. Within six months of us launching this business, Square, which is a much bigger company than us, a $10 billion company, launched Square Photo Studio, uh, tried to replicate what we were doing. And in fact, that has now been shuttered and failed. And we largely believe it's because they were not able to unlock the technology questions around how you solve for this problem of content creation at scale. And so I truly believe that actually whether or not you pursue a patent or other types of intellectual property is really a question around what is your level of ability to protect what you're actually building if a competitor with much deeper pockets to start it, decided to enter the market. And so for us, easy to protect the name Suna.co, really easy to protect Suna.com as well. Uh, very difficult for us to protect some of the novel work that we've done around our technology processes. And so We've uh, made a strategic decision not to pursue a patent at this time. Maybe in the future, after we've raised a lot more money, we'll feel a lot more comfortable and confident doing that. But we've made a choice that I think a lot of business owners should consider. Pete? I love everything that I've heard here, Liz. Until now, I've been unfamiliar with your program and product here. And for me, when I look at this, it's like I even said in the chat as we're chatting here, I, I already know some clients that can mm -hmm. use this service. And you know, I'm a retailer as well. I own some shoe stores and things like that. I mean, there's all sorts of different applications here. And it's wonderful to see the creativity that has been brought through this. And you've lived what we just talked about. Uh, you know, when I talked about that whole process of understanding what the problem is, well, you dealt with that, right? You've mm -hmm. got the service, you've got the process in place that's uniquely yours. And then sense. it's like, okay, who, how do we get more clients and all this stuff? I mean, I just, I love it. It just fits so well with our conversation today. And I really think there's a huge future here for you, Liz. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I think the future is making quality content and content that really helps people sell their product accessible yeah. to brands at all stages of their business journey is truly the future. Yeah, I think we'd all agree. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So listeners, if you missed any of this, I'm Pete's information, Taryn's information, Liz's new product, amazing. It'll be on our podcast tomorrow on all the major podcast platforms. Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest, Pete Moore, our executive spotlight, Taryn Abrahams, our consumer product person, Liz Georgie, and I'll be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to 
start your own business, contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Awesome show. And you know what I think everybody on the show had in common today was that they were all really good communicators. I mean, I really enjoyed listening to everybody and each had their own style, but they each brought so much to the table. We had Pete Moore as our guest. That's Pete, M-O-H-R. So you can find him on LinkedIn. But you can also find him on simplifyingentrepreneurship.com. And if you missed what Pete talked about, he's got real strong tools for entrepreneurs to use to make their businesses successful. And he's a coach. So you should go check him out. Down to earth and straightforward. I love it. And then we had Taryn Abrahams and she has empowerbehavioralservices.com. Taryn's a coach too, but she takes a different approach. She has a psychology background. So She's really done a lot of study on human nature, and she uses that to help people in companies and entrepreneurs, too, to improve their connection skills with other people, because as we said, that's really what it's all about. Yeah. If you want to be a better leader, work on yourself. And then we had Liz Georgie with Suna.co, S-O-O-N-A.co. If you have a consumer product. Oh, she's a revolutionary. This is incredibly innovative. You want to talk to her. So we do talk about this show being about innovation. We focus on entrepreneurship, but we really want to take it a step further to real great innovation. And this is like the way of the future, let's say. And then we had Kenya Gibson with us, Gibson with the P. So it's Kenya Gibson at iHeartMedia.com. So Kenya is our media maven. As we said many times, she had the concept for this show and the format and everything. If you want to be on the radio, if you want to advertise, you know, if you want to check into what iHeart Digital Media can do for you, Kenya Gibson with a P at iHeartMedia.com. Yeah, their capabilities are incredible. And I don't usually say this, but if you have a question about patents, trademarks, or copyrights, or trade secrets, as Liz was smart to protect her programming with a trade secret, you can talk to Richard Gearhart, Gearhart Law, and he's been doing intellectual property law for over 30 years. Yeah, we and our team love working. Working in intellectual property, we're passionate about it. We also love to help entrepreneurs start new businesses. But that said, I'd like to ask Pete for some final comments before we go. I think the biggest takeaway for me is that we've had a lot of great ideas, a lot of, you know, like we said, ideate and postulate, but it's time to activate. So when you get off this call, when you finish watching it or listening to it, what are you going to do to change your business today? Because that's why we're listening to this stuff. We're all learners. We're all excited about stuff and interested, but if you leave it there and you don't actually activate on something, then you're leaving yourself short. So activate on something after this call today. Kenya. Yeah. Well, this show was everything every entrepreneur needs to have a successful business or platform, right? Wrapped into one. So we had Pete who was able to help entrepreneurs really simplify their business process. And then we had Taryn who had some really great empowering behavioral tips and tricks to really amplify leadership within your business. And then of course, Liz with Suna, I mean, who doesn't want to save almost $9,000 in production costs <laughs> and really make life more efficient for your business when it comes to all your content needs. So and you can get really, pictures of yourself too. So. Exactly. Very well, very great pictures of yourself. Professionally yes. done. So. so today's show was what your one-stop shop for everything entrepreneurial. So that sounds great. We'd like to thank all of our listeners. We'll be back next week with another amazing Passage to Profit show. Before we go, I'd like to thank all of the people that make Passage to Profit possible. Our producer, Noah Fleischman, our program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Chatterboss, and the whole iHeart team. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart for Passage to Profit on iHeart Radio, WOR 710, the voice of New York.